it's really letting people know that we appreciate all they've done over the years. We can't thank them enough. And as we enter this new world that we live in, it's just critical that they are a part of it and they help us bring up the next generation of hoteliers. They really do appreciate that. I think that they take that very seriously. And again, I'm blessed with talented people that have a passion for it. That's really what we've been able to do and it's working for us. You're listening to The Hospitality Leaders. Each week on the show, we bring you conversations with leaders in the hospitality, event, and food service industries. Our conversations help you understand the state of the industry, the challenges we all face today, and what the future holds. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources at hospitalityleaderspodcast.com. This episode is brought to you by Upshift. Our on-demand staffing platform allows businesses to hire high-quality hourly workers with peace of mind. Find out more at upshift.work. Okay, so I'm here today with Mike Hogan, the general manager of the Cincinnati Marriott Northeast. Mike is joining us today, not only as the GM of that property, but he's also helping out with another property in Cincinnati. Mike, welcome to the show. Very happy to have you. If you wouldn't mind, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Mike Hogan, I'm currently at uh, the Cincinnati Marriott Northeast in Mason, Ohio, as well as helping a property on the other side of the river here in Cincinnati at the airport, their Marriott. Been in the industry for 25 years now, various positions, various markets. Somehow, six or seven years ago, found my way to Cincinnati. Uh, young family and decide to stay. That's where I'm at today. Awesome. Awesome. Part of the reason I brought up uh, the two properties is uh, when you and I were talking prior to this, one of the things I thought was fascinating was that you've got one property that you're helping out right now, which is an airport-based property, and then another property, which is a little bit more suburban. Can you tell me the difference in business and what's happening at those two different properties? Sure. Really, a tale of two cities. Up here in uh, Mason, Ohio, very surrounded by Fortune 500 companies, heavy residential businesses is still very slow. I'd say we're probably about 50% to where we'd like to be. Weekends a little bit better as we've got amusement park near sports travel and things like that help out. But corporate America is definitely not moving at the pace of the leisure markets. Move 39 miles south to the, uh, the airport market where you have a big Amazon hub. You've got obviously airport business, which is doing very well, association business and people able to get folks into meetings quickly and out of town quickly. It seems to be the trend. It is businesses double. You're almost turning away business at the door because of how strong the market is. And that's a market that could probably use a few more hotel keys, but it's booming. And then downtown, I have some ties to downtown is a mixed bag of bolts. So it's a unique situation, but yeah, to see all three markets and how they're fluctuating around the, the current trend is interesting. So looking at your property, what are you hearing about companies wanting to come back? This whole pandemic has been exhausting, I think, for everybody, sure. not only from the hotel side of things, but obviously from the corporate side of things as well. When you're right there by Cintas corporate office. What are you hearing from them as far as wanting to return travel? Really, Cintas, I'll use them as the example, just because they have such a rich culture. That is something that they're, that's a non-negotiable with them. They're going to preserve that. Face-to-face meetings, travel is something that they believe firmly in. They believe in a heavy training. So that's in talking with them, they're ready to come back. They've already, We've already got some smaller meetings on the books with some of their HR departments, some of their senior leadership councils and things of that such. So I think that's the first step. I think they're going to test drive the, the, the environment or test drive the process, if you will, with those, and then hopefully ramp up a little bit more as we head into quarters two and three of 2022. There are companies here that still aren't willing to talk about it. We have a, a large Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield. So you know more on the healthcare insurance side of things, 
they're a little bit more cautious. We have international companies that are really hit or miss. And we have one in this week that's uh, German manufacturing. They're all about it. But at the same time, we have one that's uh, based out of Italy that because of what has taken place in Italy is just, is, they're very slow to want to resume travel, to resume business as normal. Okay. So a little bit of everything, unfortunately. One answer fits everything. Well, it's good. It's crazy to see in a market like Cincinnati that you've got everything from almost stagnant, relying on leisure travel to wish we had a few more keys over here. It's, it's an incredible, just a small, right around the outer belt, incredible change in environments. That's insane. So- when you are looking at this business and your, let's call it the airport property, and you're trying to find talent at a pace quick enough to be able to keep people, to be able to clean the rooms, be able to service the rooms, be able to build a culture. What are you doing on your side of things to try to source that talent? If you're a busy hotel in, in this tough labor market, like what kind of things are you doing to try to get people on board? We've got the same incentive plans and things like that for referrals and whatnot. Those have been pretty successful. Really, that's where it's at right now. We've done the poaching of LinkedIn and, and trying to network outside of that. We haven't really even in, in touched like like the universities and, and markets like that to see if there are people coming up. I think what I've seen is people have gotten very creative knowing that it's a tough it's a tough market to find people in. Down there by the airport, you have you know, heavy manufacturing, heavy Amazon, if you will, business. It's tough to compete with that. It's tough to, to find housekeepers that want to clean, you know, 18 toilets when you can say, hey, just put stuff in boxes for the same price. And, but that's okay. So we do heavy referrals is a big one. And then as well as just really tapping into things that we never would have thought about before. We've got a lot of students that work from us from high school and, and college age, people that we've always dabbled with in the past, but now we're really leaning heavy on them. People getting out of high school and able to come in for three or four hours is making a world of difference. Uh, you right. just have to have a lot of them, but uh, right. I guess these are good high school jobs nowadays. One of the things that's always amazed me about you is the consistency at the properties you've run. I worked with you in a company where you know, every time from a guest satisfaction perspective, I thought I was making strides. I turn around and you're like three, four, five steps ahead of me or, or right around us. And one of the things that always impressed me was that you had an incredible consistency with your leadership. You had incredible consistency with your team. And I think you're doing something right there. Do you still have that consistency within your team, within your leadership, within the uh, even the hourly ranks post-pandemic? Are you, have you still enjoyed that? Yeah. And I know we were talking about it earlier. I, I think at times, obviously, in these conditions, it's been there's, there's times you catch yourself varying from that plan, if you will, deciding maybe to accept standards that maybe weren't the norm, but I've been very blessed to have the ability to surround myself with some really talented people and make them very much a part of the process. And they generally will correct that. Yeah, the culture is alive and well here. Fortunately, with business, we've been able to grow at a reasonable pace. So we're able to onboard and to train towards that culture, which is critical. Yeah, we've been here for a long time and we've got a reputation uphold. So we're not willing to give up on that just yet. Yeah, very pleased to report that business is normal here at Northeast. With the great resignation, right? The term that you can't see an article without the great resignation being somewhere in there. How are you holding on to your leaders right now? What kind of things are you doing to not necessarily incentivize them to continue to build on that culture that makes them want to stay there when it seems like you could pretty much go anywhere and get a job right now? Yeah, it's fascinating. I think that so many people rely on the financial aspect of things. We've seen that. Uh, big amusement park companies offering kids $20 an hour to, to put them on rides. And 
in, in fast food restaurants having to pay $14, $15, $16 an hour. What I found is it's not necessarily the money that people want all the time. It's really the, we've, we coined this stuff. It's being treated with dignity and respect. It's, it's felt as though they're empowered. I think that's a big thing. I think giving people, having a, a sense of a home, family, and the workforce has always been big. These are very troubling times and people are dealing with this pandemic and in the, the economic environment, everywhere they turn, right? They're dealing with it at home, they're dealing with it at church, they're dealing with it in their personal lives and at work. So having that family environment, people to bounce some ideas around, people to go with is very important. But as we just alluded to earlier, is it's really letting people know that we appreciate all they've done over the years. We can't thank them enough. And as we enter this new world that we live in, it's just critical that they are a part of it and they help us bring up the next generation of hoteliers they really do appreciate that. I think that they take that very seriously. And again, I'm blessed with talented people that have a passion for it. That's really what we've been able to do and it's working for us. One of the conversations that's being had right now or started, should have been had a while ago, but it's starting to be had right now is that we've paid our hourly associates. We're starting to pay them 18, 19, $20 an hour for some of these jobs. We have leaders who are barely making that much right now. And again, in the hospitality space, we've never really paid all that well. And I think now we're having to adjust. What kind of conversations are you having with your leaders that are saying, Hey, that desk agent is only making a thousand dollars a year less than me right now. And I'm, I'm here. I've put the hours in, I've got the pedigree. When are we going to, when are we going to start to see some of that movement? How are you talking to people about that? Yeah. maybe we were, I, I guess I was blessed to have the freedom to get ahead of it. I remember when we first started looking at uh, wages, I think we started in our housekeeping department and was fortunate that literally we we're going out to hire somebody that usually would say yes. And they were just like, Hey, I'm not going to say yes, unless you agree to this. And it was like, all right, we agree to this. And we knew that it was going to be a, a snowball effect. And we took a hard look at that time. We were fortunate that at that point, we only had, I think we only had 18 employees. So right. it might've even been less, Chris. So it was great because we were able to put ink on paper, literally was Excel spreadsheet saying, hey, if we're going to go from here to here, let's take this person from here to here. And it, it, it encompassed everything. There were some senior leaders that, that, that were compensated well, and they'd been in the industry a long time and they had moved around and we had found ourselves in, in a position where we didn't need to be compensated more, but yeah, there was a number of, of positions that we just had to take up proportionally. And we did that at an early stage. And then when we go to hire people, obviously we use that as a new standard. Yeah. Those conversations are tough right now. I've talked to a number of people that they didn't take the route that you took. So they focused entirely on the fact that they had to get work done. And so they were looking, they got caught up in the hourly sweep and the hourly craze. And now they've got front desk managers, housekeeping managers, banquet managers, sous chefs are sous chefs are the ones that I'm just, yeah. Yeah. Line cooks that are coming out now demanding $25 an hour and sous chefs that are making $50,000 a year. They're like, no, that's it. I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. Why would you be? I've seen clients who are paying $25 or $30 an hour for dishwashers, for stewarding. And so you do the math on that. You've got assistant executive sous chefs. Number two's in the kitchen making less than that a year. And uh, yeah. so that, that's a tough conversation to have. And, and you know, obviously you're well-connected. You've been in the industry for a while. Do you hear that conversation being had or are more people sure. taking the stance like you are where we took care of the hourlies, let's take care of the leaders and just kind of go through that motion? No, and unfortunately it, it does. I can tell you that the property, the other property I'm at helping out with, they, they haven't done that. And there is definitely some resentment is probably the the best word I can say is that people feel, they feel as though, hey, I, I had the conversation with somebody the other day. She'd been there for 16 years and she's over it. She's, she hears about the incentive programs for 
coming aboard. She hears about the starting pay rate. She hears about oh, everything that we're doing just to get the job done. And we had a good conversation. We talked about it. I think that the key thing is that you have to look at maybe restructuring how you do business and saying, okay, well, if we if we reorganize and reshift some manager responsibilities, can we go from, because you're seeing more of that. You're seeing that there's that middle layer management we haven't been able to retain. We've been literally went from line level to executive. So now it's, let's combine some of these mid level manager positions and let's make this almost like pseudo director position where we can pay it a little bit more, gives them a, a little bit more responsibility, but based on business volumes, they're able to manage it because it's not the, the faucet isn't fully turned on yet. Yeah, definitely. If, if it's not managed well, and that's a conversation, that's not a memo that comes out, I think, uh, I think you could find yourself in some hot water. So how do you, we're asking leaders to do a little bit more. We're going to, you know, we're going to compensate you for it. We're going to ask you to do more. What kind of things do you do to prepare them for those positions? Like, What kind of developments are you doing? Or what kind of, as a general manager, what kind of hands-on are you making happen to make sure that the standards that you've, you've set for your organization aren't being degraded because the work's being spread out, but more that, uh, that they're going to excel and they're going to excel holding those standards that you're looking for? Yeah, really. It's the same thing we've always done, Chris. It's knowing people in the industry, knowing various hotels, knowing different operators and saying, hey, I'm going to combine these two positions. This person is strong in this category, but probably needs a little bit of of work in this category. Who do we know in market or who do we know that we can have them pair up with? And I've sent people when you're running hotels, you know how it goes. Hey, here's, they're going to show up on your doorstep. Please take them under your wing and and show them. So that's really where it is. It's that old school hospitality. Let's pair you up with somebody that knows what they're doing. Get their phone number. If you have any questions, call. And like I said, businesses in this Mason market is returning at such a, it's returning at a very manageable level. So they're growing into the role at a very manageable level as well. One of the things that a lot of people have felt is isolated during this whole thing, right? Because like you said, what's happening in your hotel in Mason, that's not happening by the airport. Those guys are, they're there till 10 o'clock at night trying to get rooms cleaned and it's a little bit more manageable where you are. I think that camaraderie has always been focused on my hotel. Can I sell the rooms? Can I service the rooms? Can I move my GSS number satisfaction? Can I retain my employees? Do you feel like it's becoming more of a community as everybody's trying to piece this whole thing back together again? I've gotten a lot more calls. I've, I've got a lot more people that are willing to want to work with one another and, and, and value that relationship. Cincinnati is a robust enough market where we've got a number of hotels with the company that we work for. Yeah, we're, I'm definitely working with a lot more people than I have in the past. And I think you and I were talking about it maybe earlier about we've been blessed to, we open positions just to see who walks through the door. And if we're able to get our hands on some talented people, we might bring them in and then we might actually have them go out and assist other hotels. So almost use this as a, as an opportunity to train and then send people out and and have them save the hotel world if they want. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know hiring has to be discouraged, discouraging. So what are you telling What are you telling your team when they're striking out or they feel like they can't find any talent? What are you telling them to try to keep focused on the right talent and and the right people? Really, again, just reaching out to people in the industry and finding out where they're having successes. And what we've seen is that we might have success here in Mason and housekeeping, but we might not be having help in the culinary world where... We might be able to go 20 miles down the road and it might be a flip there. So it's really just trying to think outside the box. But again, going back to we can't drop our standards. It's never worked to hire a warm body. I know that we work with Upshift and I know that our airport 
hotel has, has done great things with the culinary team with Upship, being able to bring in people and, and train them at a level that we can operate. And then hopefully look at some permanent placements after that. It's different per se. Really, it's just that old school mentality. Sometimes you got to pick up the phone, you got to call people, you got to look for best practices, you got to not compromise. And then when you do get them in the door from an interview process, now more than ever, you've got to, you've got to really turn on the charm. You've got to make this person feel special. You've got to I had somebody, we hired a night otter and you from hotels, how hard night otters are to find. And the first thing I said, when this person walked through the door and we, we had a great interview with them, look, send them flowers, send that young woman flowers, let her know we appreciate her time. So again, nothing, nothing too different, but just taking it, just a different spin on it. it. It's something you have to focus on every day though. I probably spend two or three hours a day, just focusing on recruiting retention and, and making sure that we're constantly going back and looking at it because it's an ongoing it's an ongoing. There's a best practice right there. Two to three hours a day on just retention and your team. That's the focus everybody needs right now is just yeah. pay attention to your people. Make sure that you're out there, that you understand, you have your finger on the pulse, that you're not caught off guard and you're taking care of your team. I love the story about the night daughter. That's great. It comes through. You almost don't want to let them leave the building without fitting them for a uniform and uh, making sure they know exactly how to get back here tomorrow, right? Sure. Sure. No, it's you, you take that kind of stuff for granted. I, I remember being recruited by a company and I went to the airport after the interview and, and I'd been upgraded to first class and I really didn't even have that great of an interview, but that simple act by that, that whoever made the call for the you know $60 upgrade, that really made a huge difference. And you think about what recruiting costs and everything go, and it's really that mentality. But yeah, the spending time on it every day is critical, Chris. I it's hard. I get it. People are out there cleaning rooms. People are checking people in. People are working 18, 20 hours a day, but it's never going to get better. You got to make it better at some point. I tell people, it's people that want to lose weight. I get it. Working out for an hour a day is tough, but it's never going to fix itself unless you make that commitment. Yeah. I think once you get in the rhythm of it, maybe it's not two hours every day. Maybe it's an hour here, three hours there kind of a thing. Yeah. One of the things, and, and this is a veer on a tangent that I just, you know, I know you're so big on standards and we talked about standards. Hotel standards are changing pretty much every day at this point in time. It seems like some companies are all in on masks for everybody and we're going to disinfect everything. And you've got people running around with looking like Ghostbusters with the little spray packs and all the rest of the things. What kind of standards uh, do you see returning stayover service or, or the, the personal check-in versus Things that we may see coming down, the automated check-ins or the app being the primary way to be able to get in and out. What kind of things are you seeing that are going to, they're going to be new standards versus things that we can expect to change in the markets? I think you're going to see a lot more hybrid, really where it's guest request. I think that the mobile check-ins and the stayover services and the do not disturbs were things that we always had. But what I'm finding is that most customers are, are on, on one side of the fence. So some people want to do the mobile check-in. They don't want anybody in their room. They want to sneak out a side door and that's fine. I, I completely respect that. And other people are, um, you know, they're on planes or in airports, they're in meetings, they're fully vaccinated, which we require that for the no mask. And that's refreshing to see too. So it's difficult in the hotel world because yeah, we want everybody to be safe and we completely understand the pandemic and, and all that it's done. And we respect that and we're sensitive to that. But at the same time, we want people to come together. We want people to enjoy their time with one another. We want people to eat and drink in our restaurants. And, and so it's tough, but I think moving forward, it's definitely going to be more of a hybrid. I think you're going to see 
a lot. Right now we're cleaning stillover service, but it's on request where it's not automated. So it's people, I think, just getting ahead of it and checking the boxes on their apps and letting them know what we want to do. And uh, as hotelers, okay. just staying on top of it. I think hybrid is definitely better than automated. I, I think everybody would be happy. Some happy median in between there. I've definitely had those days where I don't want to talk to anybody. It's easier just yeah. to get in and get out. I've got that, but then I've got my family. I need all the help I can get when I travel. Sure. So I would be really excited to have people help us out and talk to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as you're ushering in this new world of hospitality, obviously we've got labor challenges. So we're bringing all kinds of people back into the industry as businesses starting to return or has returned. What kind of things are you talking to leaders about? What kind of advice are you giving to leaders about as they're coming in and, and they're starting to work in this industry, either for the first time or trying to elevate from that hourly to, to, to leadership positions? It's the same message. I think now it just means more to me because I've seen what happens when you don't do it is, as we talked about at the beginning of this is a lot of people or, or operations have been forced to drop standards and, and, and just rush out to try to deal with the onslaught of business or try to rebuild all of a sudden automated. And they're not really focused on the training. They're not really focused on the selection process. They're not really focused about the detail. So what I tell you, newer managers, younger managers, aspiring managers, is that you've got to have standards. You've got to remember that you've got to hold yourself and you've got to hold your product and you got to hold your department to a different level. That's no more important today than it's ever been. But the good thing is that today, I think customers are, are recognizing that. I think there's enough people out there that are struggling and we see it. We go out to eat with our families and we see help wanted everywhere and, and, and the wait time on food and, and the service is rushed and the, the, the restaurants are dirty and, and all that. So now more than ever, you can make, you can stand out just by being that person. I think if I go back and I talk to, when I do talk to young managers, just don't give up, have these standards, learn them today, focus on them because they're all the right things. People that love the hospitality industry were brought up with, with very strict standards. Um, you and I, know them all too well. And that's what makes it enjoyable. That's what we like about the industry. I, I I never would, I wouldn't be sitting here today with you if I was allowed to come in and just chaos was allowed to ensue and there was no order and there was no standards and bed linen was allowed to be wrinkled and all that good stuff. <laughs> really just to tell them to, to keep, to stay focused on standards, stay focused on standards. That's awesome. And when you look at the theme of what we've talked about here, right? It's pay attention to your leaders. I love to spend two to three hours a day because that time can be filled with all kinds of great things. But again, at the heart of everything is just maintain your standards, learn the standards. And if you're a leader who's struggling to teach the standards, get help. You don't have to do it yourself. Send somebody to another hotel. Don't be afraid to send somebody somewhere to get some help because somebody's going to do the same to you. We all have different strengths right now. Everybody's rebuilding at a different pace, at a different level. So definitely, I, I think that's a great message. I think you you really nailed it. You've always had phenomenal properties and great teams. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today. So again, Mike, thank you for joining us here on the podcast and looking forward to have you on again in the future. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. And we hope you found this episode insightful. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star review. You can find more information and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode at hospitalityleaderspodcast.com.